Hi there, and welcome to another episode of InSync, Coenterprise's bi-monthly podcast in which we talk about the world of EDI and B2B and how Coenterprise became the dominant player in the space today. Today, we're going to be discussing how companies that use legacy EDI platforms or translators, how they can bring their EDI practice into the future, all without spending millions of dollars and months of their lives on expensive new integrations. Oftentimes, what we found is their current business processes The ones that have worked so far and so well for them do not need to be upended. And joining me today is a familiar voice, Steve Brzezinski, who is in charge of strategic solutions and sales for Coenterprise. You've heard him before on the podcast, on an episode we did on iPass. And if you've ever listened to our webinars, he's uh, he's done a few of those as well. Brzezinski, thanks for joining us. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me today. Great. So let's start at the beginning. Let's do a review of legacy systems. And, you know, this is kind of weird in technology. Why would a company want to stay on an older piece of technology like a, like a legacy EDI system? Oh, it's a great question, Joe. I mean, the thing is, when we look at legacy systems, those th- systems can range from mainframe systems, AS400, or i-series systems, older Unix platforms, or even Windows platforms. And no OS2 in there? Eh, OS2, you don't have, you'd be you'd be hard <laughs> to, dating ourselves. You'd be hard pressed to find OS2 <laughs> out there. Warp, I remember that. So, yeah. <laughs> but at, at any rate, uh, in specifically dealing with EDI, and I come from many companies in the back that background that had legacy platforms. And as you know, these legacy platforms have no relevancy between themselves. Meaning mm-hmm. that if you talk about GenTran or the Generalized Transla- Translator, or even the Inovis uh, Trusted Link, now part of GXS OpenText, they had a variation of the old prem. prem- uh, Harbinger and Preminos. I'm saying Preminger. It always seems like the same thing. But <laughs> they the, all bleed together. They all bleed together. But the point is that all of these legacy, legacy systems had different heritages. But the point being is that people have implemented these things, put a lot of effort into integrating them with their communications and their storage systems and their archiving systems. But they all have different legacies. That means they're not compatible. So an effort to... Uh, you know, maintain the systems that they already have. And I also correlate these to the work product mm-hmm. and the work product meaning the maps. And, and many companies, depending upon whether you're a buyer or a supplier, depending on how many maps that you have in your infrastructure or your legacy systems, and you hate to have to redevelop them. You might have put rules around those things and you want to maintain them. So the legacy systems are uh, certainly something that we see a lot out there. Uh, and they can, again, range from mainframe to Windows, but people want to keep them in place. Sure. I mean, when I was an EDI manager, we had, uh, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. Because all you do anytime you touch a map, as you know, is you introduce risk. And for what value? Simply translating or moving from one translator to another. If it's not getting you anything, why introduce all of that risk? Um, especially, um, you know, when the cost of the upgrade can be high. Do you have any sense of you know, how much it could cost a company, a mid-sized company, to go from one translator to another? That's an excellent question. I mean, and there's lots of costs because the thing is you're going to start with, okay, I had to build a lot of this integration. How, did, how do I talk to my ERP, CRM, what have you, order management system? So that's usually homegrown custom integration. Then I needed to deliver it somehow. Do I use a van? Do I use my own communications capability to deliver it to my trading partners? How is all that stuff sewn together? Then you got to say, well, do I go with an off-the-shelf product? Do I buy a product like, uh, for example, IBM's B2BI? 
which happens to have some business process capability, has some communications and integration, mailboxing, and the translation. But then I need to have experience and training on that. I have to say, I can't migrate my maps. My old maps don't come to my, along with my new system. So what's the work product? Do I need to look at new hardware? Do mm -hmm. I need to look at a t the expertise associated with, well, I had a Unix engineer, I had a, a I-series engineer, do I have to train somebody on Java? So next thing you know, I have a lot of expenditures on saying, what am I going to gain? And I find that a lot of the legacy, the companies that we deal with that have legacy platforms, they're saying, well, after I do all this, what do I get? Exactly. And you get exactly what you got before. And I always use the analogy of it's a meat grinder. I'm still going to put the steak in it, and the, and the chopped meat's <laughs> going to come out the same. And then the business is going to say, so what am I doing this for? Right. I mean, I've, I've been there. I remember the first time I looked at a, a, an architecture diagram for B2BI compared to what I had on Gentran. And I'm looking at all these servers. I'm like, perimeter server. Like, where, where are all these servers coming from? I have like 10 servers here. I had two before. Right. Uh, so the extra complexity comes with cost, not only for the cost of the software, uh, but the hardware, uh, as you mentioned, um, and you know the maintenance costs uh, are sometimes considerably higher. I would say, on average, that migrating a legacy system, now obviously, depending upon the size, the minimum is going to be six figures. Right. Okay, minimum six figures. And that was starting with 25 trading partners, mm -hmm. based on the hardware, the software, the licensing, you know, and the training and efforts. Right. Minimum. And not to scare any of our listeners out there, but when I did an upgrade, this is some 15 years ago or so, uh, from Gentran um, to uh, a, a predecessor to uh, B2BI, um, the time that it took to do that was nearly a year. Now, we had some 500 training partners for completely different business units, uh, you know, hundreds of maps, uh, uh, multiple ERP systems. So it wasn't a simple migration, but it, it took a little over a year to get that done. And it was a little bit north of the six figures you were talking about. We, we touched the seven figure mark. I would say that's it. If you have over, you know, 250 training partners, you're absolutely going to be looking at that. And you c compound troubleshooting, mm -hmm you know, the monitoring that you potentially need for the new system. Like, for example, people buy Control Center for IBM's products for B2BI, mm -hmm. right? That's a monitoring agent you didn't have before. So right. a lot of the stuff in legacy was homegrown. You know, you built those little reports to be able to figure out what's going on. 100%, yeah, that's exactly. We had customized, we had a Unix, uh, a Linux system, and we had written all of the... Uh, uh, the reporting that we needed, and it wasn't perfect, right? But it was customized for us. None of that right. could have been. And guess what? Over. What do you do with it? Yeah, garbage. There's <laughs> <laughs> no so legacy. Not only it's the legacy translator, but it's the legacy support. It's the legacy training. It's the legacy application. It's the legacy integration. Um, all of those things are amplifying the cost. Yeah. And your institutional knowledge, all of the experience that you have with your team on a particular translator kind of goes out the window. And that was, for me, again, going back, uh, that was the biggest curveball that my team was thrown. Uh, the learning curve for a new translator, especially a more complex one, was, for me, very steep. And I'll be honest, we had some people on the team, it was too complex a product for them. And despite the, the weeks of dedicated training that they had, mm -hmm. um, they just weren't the, the A-plus players that they were. You know, they went back to a C player like they were rookies again. So you're taking somebody who's got 20 years of EDI experience, right, very comfortable 
a mapping in the tool that they know and love, and right. now you take them back to AAA. Well, and I used to use the analogy that somebody says, I got my pilot's license and I can fly a Cessna. And then you walk them behind the, you know, into the cockpit of a 747 and they go, how do I get this thing rolling? <laughs> you know, let Great alone analogy. fly it. All right. And uh, of course, the newer platforms, because they have the integration capabilities, they have new rules and, and so forth, uh, those types of environments. And let alone, by the way, not only just getting the translator or the integration platform up and running, but then there's fine tuning, right? Mm -hmm. So all of the things that go into virtually a new application. So just because you knew it before. And then you got to justify, why did we do it in the first place? Now, many customers will say, well, because... Joe's retiring, and Joe's the only guy that knows how to make this thing fly. But what I, you know, and I don't use, I don't like to use the old adage, but I'm going to use the new adage is, what if he wins the lotto? Right. Well, let's not go <laughs> negative. We know what we're all saying. But, but what if the guy wins the lotto that runs this environment? You know, the smaller, you know, medium businesses, they don't have big staffs. You know, they don't have the. And they're getting smaller and smaller every right. year. Right. Right. So how do you, how, how do you get, and there's no, there's no EDI school. Right? It's, it's the school of hard knocks. Yep. We all know that. So the thing is, you learn by experience. So you, if you throw out all your experience with the legacy systems and you go to something new, you're going to rely on somebody to run it for you or you're going to have to say, maybe we consider the cloud, possibly. Mm -hmm. And will the cloud meet all of your integration requirements? That's, another, that's a whole other day. Great. So, so let's do a quick recap of that. You know, we were talking about why a company would stay with an older piece of software. It's cost time to implement, uh, the learning curve is often too much. And then obviously, you know, it begs the question, you know, is it okay for these companies to stay? Is it really a problem for companies to stay on their legacy system? And, and agreed, uh, what does it lack? I mean, historically, as you know, EDI has been around a long time. Mm -hmm. So if it's not broken, if it's translating effectively, what do you gain by a new platform? So what I would argue, you gain in visibility, mm -hmm. tracking, analytics. How do you potentially bring a legacy platform up to the 21st century? How do you take something that's functionally okay, functionally working, you have the experience in running it, but you need added data. Everybody wants added data about the transactions. Everybody wants to be able to introduce maybe newer personnel into the process that don't have the sort of EDI, you know, chops that some of the older people had. But then you can use them with, you know, some sort of business intelligence platform, you know, that will give them the ability to troubleshoot problems, gain mm -hmm. ins insights into their business. Great. Um, and of course, you know, the other side of that is, uh, you know, if you've got an old software package and it's working for you, and it's paid for, and it's free. It's like a car where you don't have any more payments on it, right? It's free. So that's that's the benefit of 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 not migrating. It's already paid for. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's good enough for now. Let's not introduce risk, and let's not pay any extra money. Agreed. Okay. Uh, so we started talking about uh, some of the functionalities uh, that are missing from the legacy software. So let's go about you know let's go through those things again. Um, why don't we talk about the top, say, four things that are that, that are missing? You, t you touched on a few of them before, but let's go through those again. Well, I mean, one of the things that I think that most companies struggle with is tracking and tracing of transactions mm -hmm. right out of the gate. I mean, today, to track and trace on the legacy platform 
requires a guy like Joe that's been doing this for a number of years to search and grep and search and grep. Yep. Okay. So basically, if you have, and the lot, and by the way, the directory structures are not something intuitive like here is ACE's documents. Usually there's some sort of numbers that may be correlated to the, the month, the day, the year. Okay. If, and, if you're lucky. Yeah. When I started, there was absolutely no naming convention, no structure to our archive directory. It was a nightmare finding data. And we only had 45 days worth of data to search through. Right. So if you're looking for old data, forget it. Uh, I mean, that, and that's a whole other issue. I mean, you're talking about historical data. How do I search historical data? But yeah, I mean, the, the, come right down to it. To search for a problem, to look up EDI data. And you know, look, EDI was designed in the old days when communications were expensive. So I needed to concatenate all of the data in its tightest format as I can in a machine language that made virtually no sense with integrated headers unless you went to the map and figured out how many bytes to the next header that type of thing, you were very. it would be very difficult for you to make sense of the data itself. So the idea would be is that how can I potentially give people, other than the EDI uh, mapper, if you will, mm-hmm. the ability to, to search on historical events, to search for a problem child, meaning a problem order or a document, and, and resolve issues more quickly. Right. And contextual search, I think, is something that is expected in a lot of more modern tools. So if somebody from the business asks you to look for a purchase order or asks you to look for a purchase order acknowledgement, but they, you know, you, they're only giving you the purchase order number, or look for the invoice, you only have the PO number, look for an ASN, but you only have the invoice number, that's the kind of stuff that is even more difficult without a tool to help you. Oh, I think that's a great point because, in my opinion, you know, all of these documents traditionally go into a directory. There's no correlation of that, right. that data. There's no, I mean, we know EDI is a dialogue. You know, there's a banter back and mm-hmm. forth of an order and its acknowledgement and then, you know, the ship notice. So there's a protocol, and it is a protocol, of start to finish and how you string those together in a timeline that's, that's maybe uh, correlated to a SLA, mm-hmm. okay, and you want to know what happened or whether it acknowledged, how do you point somebody to that uh, and see it in all in a single place? It's virtually impossible unless you have some sort of tracking tool. Right. Great. So, so number one, you know, advanced search capabilities, you know, missing from legacy software. Uh, give me another one. Uh, I would say, you know, one of the things that you brought up with, I just want to say, not only searching on current transactions, but also looking for historical transactions. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that people always say is, like you just said, you had 45 days worth of data. You know, more and more business transactions are considered to be, you know, something of a, a, a commodity trade, if you will. So in that case, you have to prove those for seven years. How many people have gone back and said, I got to go look at the EDI data? You know, I got to prove that we sent this mm-hmm. or sent that. So that means that's an empirical evidence that a transaction occurred. Not at the CRM level because there's a disconnect beca- between the CRM and the actual delivery of the transaction. People don't understand that. You know, CRMs may be able to provide some of this information from a visibility perspective. Mm-hmm. But once it's disconnected, you know, basically uh, com- communicated directly to a transformation and delivery system, an EDI translator, that's the actual correspondence between your partner, right? right? Everything else is an interpretation. It's internal, right? Yes. 
Great. So I'll give you another one that that's near and dear to my heart, and that's collaboration tools. Oh. You know, like you mentioned before, like who are the collaboration tools? It, it was Joe sitting behind the desk and him trying to piece things, to, you know, things together. EDI is always in the middle of everything, right? It's like everything's always an EDI problem, but there are no tools to help people really collaborate around this. Because like you said, um, an issue could be in a CRM, in an ERP, in a warehouse system. If you're tracking why there's a problem, why data didn't get delivered, you have no idea where that problem happened. So often it takes some collaboration to really figure out why the problem occurred. Why did the invoice not get paid? And what did you do in that collaboration? So you searched, you grepped, and then you printed mm -hmm. out this raw EDI document, and then you had to potentially email to somebody in an attachment mm -hmm. and show them where the potential error occurred, rather than invite them into a system, okay, and allow them to see the transaction in more of a human-readable form, mm -hmm. than, because maybe there's somebody in the order management department, right, or accounts receivable or, you know, receivables, you know, what have you. But the point is, is that now you can invite, ideally, into a, invite somebody into a system and give them access to the transactional data. Right. And when you think of a, a legacy system like Gentran or Preminos or Harbinger, uh, I mean, there was no way you could even think of granting access uh, to a non-technical person, a business person, to any of these systems. These are systems huh. that were designed 20-plus years ago, no real decent user interface for them. It would be a nightmare if you extended um, those capabilities to a non-technical user. Excellent point, because a lot of these were command-driven systems as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the mapper may have been more GUI-oriented, right? but the actual application that was running the maps is all, in some cases, green screen. I know we have right. customers that are running on the mainframe, Gentry on the mainframes. It's all green screen, AS400 green screen. There's no, there's no UI, okay? So how do you get access to that? You couldn't give somebody access to it. So uh, you, you basically want to abstract some of that information, okay? And the best way to do it is to abstract it. I mean, one of the things that people said is like, oh, I can get statistics out of my Gentran system if I run a, you know, a search, a query, a deep query on the database. Well, if you want your system to crash, I mean, <laughs> you know, we used to tell people do not start searching, you know, and, and do historical searches on the information that's running in an active system. Right. You always want to abstract that information so that you can use it in, in near real time, but you don't necessarily want it to run it against an active system. Right. So great. So we talked about advanced search capabilities, including historical search. Uh, collaboration tools. Give me another uh, function that's missing from legacy software. Well, I think one of the things that uh, is 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 very important to me is that um, legacy software has no way to create dashboards. Mm -hmm. Okay, no way to give people a a view into either uh, exception management. Either people are trying to wrestle with chargebacks. Um, you want business users to be able to get a view of how many transactions today. Uh, did I uh, process today? What was the aggregate revenue that I generated in today, this week, this month? How do I get that information without potentially extracting it, somehow extracting, pulling it out of the raw EDI files, okay, and then putting them into some sort of, you know, Excel spreadsheet? That's what I used to do. I used to take it out <laughs> manually, put it in Excel every month. I, was, yeah. I know, but I mean, you... Uh, that's a lot of data. Yeah, a lot of time about too. Right, what you got to do to that. <laughs> I mean, if you're, I talk to customers that get two hundred thousand transactions a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're gonna, 
extractable, extract that information at 200,000 transactions and put it into a spreadsheet, it's going to be best guess. You just do more gripping, that's all. <laughs> you get the counts. <laughs> no. So, I mean, essentially, I mean, and I've talked to some customers that have tried to use industry tools for that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but you, the biggest problem is, is if you're going to create a dashboarding system, you need to have access to the raw data. Where is the raw data? It's in the EDI transactions. Okay, so you're not getting exports from your CRP, CRMs and ERPs or order management systems per se. They may have some roll-ups there, but the thing is, are they going to take into considerations, you know, orders that didn't ship? Okay, uh, you're going to, you know, at the end of the month, if orders flow, were not processed, right, or you did not get an acknowledgement and, and the, the transaction sat on the loading dock, okay, mm-hmm. You cannot assume that that is business that you processed for the month, especially if you're, you know, you're operating in that manner. So the ideal, ideally, you want to have a system that's going to give you up-to-date information, okay, be what you processed, what you haven't processed, what's been acknowledged, what hasn't. Okay. So this is a good segue, I think. You know, so what you're talking about is one of the ways a company can kind of close the gap, right? You've made the decision you want to stay on your own system, and what you're talking about is kind of putting in a visibility layer, adding a visibility layer on top of your uh, legacy EDI system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you've heard of companies today that have legacy systems. Mm-hmm. They use Tableau for some things. Mm-hmm. They use Splunk for some mm-hmm. things. But, you know, unfortunately, these types of applications are great, but not for EDI. Mm-hmm. Okay? So EDI has a specific purpose, and it's a specific way to interpret and decompose the information so you can put it into a, a more business intelligence platform. Right. And, you know, the, the, the positive of that, you know, one, it's like kind of like a, a fresh coat of paint, right? You, you could put a layer on there. Um, it's not impacting your existing system, right? It's giving you the, the analytics that you need. Um, but, you know, if we, if we think of this as, uh, you know, gutting your kitchen, all of the pipes and everything are all in the same place, you're just kind of giving it a facelift. Um, no, so I would you, actually, actually give you a different analogy. Okay, sure. I, I would say this is like you have a perfectly good engine in your car. Right. It's just the body looks like crap. Right. Okay. So now what I do, I, I, go, I do a resto mod. I keep the engine that's in there. And basically I, I, I uh, hire someone to basically put new body, you know, body, do the body work on it, paint right. the car up. And guess what? The engine's still intact. It works great. Right. It's doing its job. But now I have, a, you know, air conditioning. I got new leather seats. I got a convertible, new convertible top, whatever the case, you know. But the point being is that, you know, you got to keep the most important part of the, the equation here is the engine. Love it. Yeah, so this visibility layer does not affect the core technology that moves your data around. Um, that you do that you use to get your transactions from point A to point B, uh, but these add-ons definitely provide value, and they don't detract from the way you do things. It's still business as usual. All of the uh, risks that we talked about previously are mitigated. Um, so you know, all that said, uh, these will still help close the gaps. Uh, it's going to provide your business users with new ways of looking at this data. It's going to get them thinking about the business process. It's going to allow them to think about how they could save money from fines and chargebacks and, uh, you know, all these things we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, deriving the business value, the ROI from a EDI system that's smooth and functioning and, and working on all cylinders. So great. So let's, so listen, it's great if you can go out and you can build this, you know, cheers, man. That's awesome. Luckily, you know, we here at Co-Enterprise 
have thought about all this, and we've got a little product called Synchrify. You knew this pitch was coming. Uh, so let's give a high-level overview of how Synchrify specifically can help breathe new life, be that new leather seat, the, 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 yeah. the new better-working air conditioning, the, the coat of paint on your, on your old reliable car. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and frankly, it's a beautiful thing because if you have one of these legacy platforms, and again, it doesn't matter if it's on the mainframe, an AS400, a Unix, what have you. I mean, EDI is EDI, and mm-hmm. the beauty of Synchrofy is that it understands EDI. So that ANSI X12 standard is ingested by Synchrofy, and it knows exactly what it is. And it doesn't matter if it's historical transactions or future transactions. Mm-hmm. You basically just point Synchrofy to where these transactions sit, and it could be your archive, and it could be your active processing system. Mm-hmm. These things are these transactions are then ingested into Synchrofy, and essentially correlated between them, indexed. Okay, and then essentially based on the permissions that you have, able to access these systems and welcome and invite people into the system for views, and and processing and and gaining you know new insights into data you never had before. Right. So all the things we talked about, you know, getting the dashboarding, getting proactive alerting, uh, having a place to collaborate around your data and solve problems quicker. You get this with no integration. Like you said, it relies on the data itself. We're not integrating into your ancient tool. And a great thing to point out, I think, is because Synchrofies is system agnostic, Let's say five years from now, it does make business sense for you to move on to the latest and greatest. Maybe it's financially possible for you to move into a new system. Uh, that's fine. Synchrify doesn't change. Synchrify still looking at your data. You don't have to go through another massive migration. No, that's an excellent point. Matter of fact, we have customers that have multiple or consolidating multiple EDI platforms. Mm-hmm. So the beauty is, is that this is a companion application. This does not interrupt your current process. It sits alongside of it and ingests and interprets the data. So if I had four different translators that have four different types of maps, all of the data is ingested into Synchrofy as if it was a single system and giving you the historical data. So to, to make your point, if you were to upgrade to a new system, you would start ingesting all the new data and your historical data would all remain intact as well. So you would have no different perspective that you change the translator within Synchrofy. Single pane of glass. And you think about it, and I know this from personal experience, it's a stressful time moving from one translator to another or moving from one ERP to another. That's when stuff gets lost. That's when your risk is at its highest. If you have Synchrofy kind of looking at your EDI uh, topology in a holistic way, Hey, if something got messed up in translation, maybe your old map worked and something went wrong with the new map and you stopped generating 810s, Synchrofy is going to catch that for you uh, immediately. So, you know, it's even, I think, more important to have a tool like Synchrofy if you're on an older system because when the time comes for you to migrate, you're going you're gonna to want that extra assurance that that migration goes without a hitch. Right. I mean, the thing to take away from this, again, is that this is a healthier way to upgrade your legacy environments. All right. You don't have to impact or change or, you know, affect your business. That remains in place. Now you just augment this with business intelligence that you never had before. You now allow people 
invite them into the process. Now they get insights into things they never had before. Not only about the EDI transactions and whether the flow is proper, but now you're getting business insights into how many orders did I do today? Mm -hmm. What was the value of those orders? How many got rejected? Without having to grep and search through all that stuff. I mean, your business users are going to think you went to a new translator. Right. Know, with all the extra value that you're getting out of it. And nothing changed. Nothing changed. This was just, right. all, all you did is subscribe to Syncrify, okay, point it. In, and the, one of the beauties of Syncrify is that the data does not get uploaded into the cloud. Mm-hmm. It remains on site where the transactions occur, mm-hmm. all right? The application runs in the cloud, you know, as a good web-based application should, you know, it's fully redundant and distributed across data centers, but your data remains local and gives you insights that you never had before. So that's a powerful statement. Great. Listen, Steve, this has been a ton of fun. Um, You know, to recap, if you are using one of these legacy systems, any of the ones we've talked about, you know, don't feel as though you need to make a massive investment in time and money. If you don't have a reason to upgrade to a new translator, you don't have to. You can still join the 21st century, get all these benefits in a much more cost-effective way, Give us a call. Check out Syncrify. Go to Syncrify.com. Give one of us a a call. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, and we'll be happy to to take you through, you know, all of these benefits. Um, It it really is the way to go. We don't want you guys to introduce any more risk into your process than you have to. We've been there. Uh, We've we've sat in that chair. We've (laughs) run through these projects. We understand the stress. We don't want you guys to feel the stress. We just want you to have all of the benefits. Makes perfect sense. Brzezinski, this was fun. Yeah. Thanks again. We'll have to do this again soon. All right. See you next time. All right. Boom.